0: Secret number one, who is your dream customer? I don't know if Alexis will like this, said an executive at Sally Beauty Supply. Confused, my friend Perry Belcher said, what? He set down his new scented hand sanitizer that he had brought in to pitch at the meeting. He picked up his new UV nail polish, handed it to the group, and said, okay, well, how about this product, he said. They looked at it, opened it up, and smelled it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Alexis won't like this one either, they replied. More confused than ever and now a little frustrated, Perry brought out his third and final product to pitch to them. In a similar fashion, they looked at the product, gave it a quick once over and said, sorry, Alexis definitely wouldn't be interested in this one either. More frustrated, Perry looked at the two executives he was talking to and finally blurted, who is Alexis? Is she the decision maker? Why isn't she in this meeting instead of you two? Is she here? Can I just talk directly to her? I know that I can convince her that your company needs to sell these products. There was a moment of silence and then both the executives burst out in laughter. Alexis isn't a person. She's our customer avatar, one replied. What? Perry asked. He had never heard of a customer avatar before. I'm sorry, I I don't understand. Alexis isn't a real person? The executives just smiled at each other and then asked Perry to follow them into another room. When they entered the new room, he saw a wall full of pictures of Alexis, a fictitious character who represented Sally Beauty Supply's dream customer. The wall also featured a full bio about who she was, how many kids she had, where she lived, how much money she made, and the type of home that she lived in. The executives then went on to explain that everyone in the company was trained that when they made any decision about what products to purchase, what colors to use in their stores, or what branding, what ads to run, what promotions to create, what their websites looked like, and what music to play in their locations, everything was run through the lens of Alexis's eyes. If it was something Alexis would love, then the answer was yes. If it wasn't something she would love, then the answer was always no. They didn't run a product-centric company. They ran a customer-centric company. Their customer avatar is what drove everything from the products they created to the ads that they ran. When Perry first told me this story, I had my big aha. Most entrepreneurs mistakenly think that their business is about them, but it's not. On the contrary, your business is about your customer. If you want customers or traffic to come into your funnels, then you have to be able to find them online. And if you want to find them online, then you have to start to understand them at a much deeper level. Becoming obsessed with your dream customers. The first step in this process is to become obsessed with your dream customers. Companies that become obsessed with their products will eventually fail. As we've grown ClickFunnels, I've seen this happen time and time again. Every company we've competed against, even though some of them had hundreds of millions of dollars in funding behind them, eventually lost to us because they were busy focusing on their products while we became obsessed with our customers. What do I mean when I say obsessed? Well, Being obsessed with your customer means understanding them just as well, if not better than they understand themselves. For many, this is the most difficult part of the process, even though you may have actually been your dream customer not too long ago. Often just remembering how you felt when you were trying to solve the very problem that you're now solving for people is usually hard. I was recently talking to my friend Nicholas Barely about the fact that most businesses are created from a problem that an entrepreneur had, and their product or service was a result of them figuring out the solution to that problem. Our mess becomes our message, Nicholas said. When you're frustrated about a problem you're having, you look for a solution. If you're not able to find the solution that gives you the results that you want, then you'll likely go on a journey to find or create your own solution. In that way, your problem becomes your business. In other words, your mess becomes your message. If that's true, then you need to look back in time to find the point where you were struggling with the same problem that your dream customer has now. Then you need to remember what you were feeling when you were in that pain. In our community, we have some amazing examples of leaders who have made their mess their message. And one of my favorite power couples is Stacy and Paul Martino. Years ago, they found themselves at a crossroads. Their relationship was broken. Paul had tried for months to stay, but eventually he felt so much pain that he decided to leave. As he broke the news to Stacy late one night, she broke down and cried. Her relationship was over and the pain she felt was too much to bear. I won't tell their full story here, but the short version is that because of this experience, Stacy knew that to save her relationship, she needed to change first. She put in the work to transform herself, and in the process of her changing, Paul changed as well. After saving their own marriage, they developed a unique process to heal marriage that doesn't require couple's work. Instead, they believe that it takes just one person in a relationship to change it for the good. Their mess became their message, and now they've dedicated their lives to helping others find relief from the same pain that they felt years earlier. With their unique systems and tools, they've helped to save thousands of marriages. In a society where more than 50% of all marriages end in divorce, the students who go through their program only have a 1% divorce rate. Stacey and Paul are successful at finding and helping their dream customers because just a few years ago, they were their dream customers. Because they really deeply understood the pain, they could identify their dream customers' goals and aspirations and can identify where they were congregating to help move them towards those goals. They are a product of their product. In the early 20th century, Robert Collier published one of the great books on copywriting the Robert Collier Letter Book. In this book, he shares how to really understand your customers. If you're going to find them, persuade them to follow you, and hopefully change their lives with the products and the services you sell, you need to know and understand them better than they understand themselves. Collier believed that we as marketers should not be trying to figure out how to create the next amazing ad campaign, but instead we need to learn how to enter the conversations already taking place in the customers' minds. If you want to really understand who your dream customers are and where they are congregating online, you need to be able to enter the conversations already taking place inside of their mind and see the world the way that they see it. When you can truly understand the core pains they are trying to move away from and the core desires and passions they are trying to move towards, it becomes really easy to identify exactly where they exist online. As soon as you know where they are online, then you can hook them and bring them into your funnels where you can serve them. We will go into greater detail on how to do that throughout the rest of this book. Now that we have the foundation covered, let's dive into identifying your dream customers with the three core markets, sometimes known as the three core desires. The three core markets slash desires. In Expert Seekers, I introduce the concept of the three core markets or the three core desires. The three desires, in no particular order, are health, wealth, and relationships. When people purchase any product from anyone, they are hoping to get a certain result in one of those three areas of their lives. So the first question you need to answer is this. Which of these three desires is my future dream customer trying to receive when they buy my product or service? This is the very first layer to getting inside the minds of your dream customer. And for most people, the answer is pretty simple. However, sometimes people get stuck in this question for one of two reasons. Reason number one, my product fits into more than one of these desires. Many products can be marketed towards getting a result in more than one of these desires, but your marketing message can only focus on one of them. Anytime you try to get your potential customer to believe in two things, your conversions will usually cut in half, most times by 90% or more. To target two different desires, you need two different ads leading to two different funnels. Only focus on one desire with each message you put into the market. Reason number two, my product doesn't fit into any of the desires. This false belief was best resolved at one of our recent events where someone told one of my head coaches, Steve J. Larson, this exact same thing. Steve responded by telling the story of Gillette razors and asking which desire a razor fulfilled. At first, everyone was quiet. And then a few people started guessing, uh, health, another mumbled, or maybe, um, Steve then played one of the Gillette ads. In it, you see how the story develops. First, a man is shown shaving. After the shave, a beautiful woman gets closer to him. And then the two go out for the night on the town. Finally, the ad shows the two together back at home in their room. After showing the ad, Steve asked the question again a little differently. What desire was this marketing message created for? Instantly, everyone responded, Relationships. Most products can fit into multiple categories, even if they may look like they don't fit into any category at all. But no matter what, the key is that your marketing message can and must be focused on only one of the three core desires. I want you to take a few minutes and decide which of the three core markets or desires your product or service currently fits into. Away from pain towards pleasure. Now that you've identified which core desire your product or service is focused on, the next step to entering the conversation inside your customer's mind is to understand which direction they are moving. Every human being on this planet is always moving in one of two directions when they make a decision, away from pain or towards pleasure. Moving away from pain. The first direction that people can be moving in is away from pain. Let me show you a few examples of moving away from pain for each desire. Health, moving away from pain. I'm overweight and I don't feel comfortable in my clothes. I don't have energy and I feel tired all the time. I hate what I see when I look in the mirror. Now wealth, moving away from pain. I hate my job and I want to fire my boss. I have no money saved and I'm scared I could lose my job. Everyone around me makes more money than I do. Relationships, moving away from pain. I'm in a bad relationship and I don't know how to get out. I feel alone and I want to feel what love feels like. I feel awkward and I'm around people I don't know. Each of those statements above are conversations that people are having inside of their own minds. Well, these are broad examples, when I actually wrote down the thoughts that my particular dream customer was having, I did three things to try to understand the conversations they were having with themselves each day. Number one, I wrote out hundreds of phrases that I used to say to myself when I was trying to solve this problem for myself initially. Number two, I looked online in forums, message boards, and groups to see what other people are saying when they're trying to get out of pain. And number three, I really tried to put myself in their shoes and wrote out what I believe people were thinking. Exercise. For this exercise, I want you to write down at least a dozen things that your potential future customers are saying or thinking as they're trying to move away from pain. This exercise is something that you should be continually doing every day. I'm always looking for the questions and the statements that people in my market are saying as they try to move out of their pain. Moving towards pleasure. The second direction that people can be moving in is towards pleasure. They don't have a desire for health, wealth, or relationships because they're unhappy. They have a desire because they're happy and looking for more. Let me show you a few examples of moving towards pleasure for each desire. Health, moving towards pleasure. I want to get six-pack abs. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to eat healthier so I can have more energy. Wealth, moving towards pleasure. I want to buy my dream house or my dream car. I want to grow my company so I can have more impact. I want to learn leadership so I can grow my team. Relationships moving towards pleasure. I want more passion in my relationships. I want to spend more time with my spouse and my kids. I want to meet more people through networking. Do you see how different these phrases are even though they are addressing the same core desire? You can refer to the supplemental PDF to see them side by side. It's powerful to see that while everyone may be trying to accomplish the same goal, the reasons why they are doing it is almost polar opposites. Exercise. Now, I want you to spend a few minutes doing the second exercise. Write down at least a dozen phrases that people in your market who are moving towards pleasure may have running on a loop in their heads. The more phrases you can find, the more traffic streams you'll be able to tap into. So make it a continual process to identify and write down the conversations happening inside your customers' minds. And as you'll see in the next secret, understanding the phrases that are going on inside your customers' minds in both directions, moving away from pain and towards pleasure, will guide you to finding them the searcher and the scroller. To really understand how to use the conversations that are going on inside the minds of your dream customers, we need to go back in time a few hundred years ago before the internet, before TV, and before radio to where traffic began. Until the early 1800s, people mainly obtained products based on what they needed. They would be in some type of pain and they would go search for a solution to solve it. It started with food. Our ancestors had a desire for health, food. So they would search for food, kill it, and bring it home. In more modern times, we have stores. When you need food or something else in your home, you'd go to the local store, search for what you need, and buy it. In 1886, the Yellow Pages directory was created, and it was awesome for consumers because you could find exactly what you needed, and business owners had the luxury of people simply showing up, looking for what they had to sell. It seemed like the perfect solution, except for one thing. As a business owner, if you wanted to make more money or grow your company, you were not in control. You had to wait for people to have a need in order for them to come and to find you. But then, in 1927, the television was invented, and just 15 short years later, on July 1, 1942, during the Brooklyn Dodgers-Philadelphia Phillies game in Ebbets Field, the first-ever TV commercial aired. At the time, there were over 4,000 televisions in New York, and on that day, while families gathered around to watch the big game on NBC, it was interrupted by the first-ever TV commercial. That ad, which was just nine seconds long and cost only $9, featured a map of America with a Bulva watch clock face in the middle. At the end of the ad, a voice announced, America runs on Bulva time. And with those nine seconds, the shift from search advertising to interruption advertising had officially begun. People watching TV that night were not searching for a new watch, but as they saw the commercial and the pictures of the watch, it placed a seed of desire in their hearts and their minds. They didn't need this watch, but they wanted it. This TV commercial gave business owners a window where they could grab their potential customers' attention long enough to plant a seed of desire and show the perceived value of what they were selling. No longer would people only buy when they needed something. Now advertisers had the ability to create desire and sell people stuff that they wanted. This interruption advertising started happening in other types of media such as radio, newspapers, and direct mail. The process was simple. Get a captive audience, entertain or educate them, and then when they have their full attention, interrupt them with your message. You can then grab their attention and create a desire for the product or service that you are selling. Nowadays, this type of interruption advertising happens every day around you, but I'm guessing you didn't realize how profound of an impact those advertisements actually made on your buying decisions. To show you how effective interruption advertising is versus traditional search advertising behind the scenes, I want to share with you a story from my friend Trevor Chapman. Trevor used to run a big sales team of people who sold alarm systems door-to-door. At the time, if you were to go to Amazon and search for home security systems, you would quickly find hundreds of options, each one competing on price. If someone had a need for an alarm and went to Amazon to buy it, usually they would buy the cheapest one that still had the highest ratings. Trevor then compared people searching online for home security systems to what his sales team did every day. He explained, we would go down the street and knock on people's doors and interrupt them from their days. Minutes earlier, they had no desire for a home security system. Because we interrupted them though, we had a small window where we could make a presentation and show them the perceived value of our home alarm system. This presentation would create a desire in them to buy the alarms from us. We would then make them a special offer that they could only get from us right there, right then. In less than an hour, we'd walk away with a monthly monitoring contract that would be worth over $2,999 to us in the next five years, as opposed to the $199 version they would get by buying the alarm on Amazon. It's interesting to note that when the internet started just a few decades ago, it followed a very similar pattern. It began with searches. People had some type of need, usually to get out of some type of pain, and they would immediately go to the search engines looking for a solution to their problems. Later, we were all introduced to social media through platforms like MySpace, Facebook, and Instagram. And just like the Bulva ad in 1941, in 2007, Facebook announced the first ever social interruption advertising with Facebook ads. People would be online talking to their friends, posting pictures, liking images and videos. And then, suddenly, your ad would show up in their Facebook feed. You had a small window of time to grab their attention, create a desire for your product or service, and to make a special offer. The pros and cons for search. The pros for search-based traffic is that when they come to you, they're hot buyers who are ready to buy. This is similar to people who walk into your store or find you in the Yellow Pages and give you a call. The con with search-based traffic is that they're not just searching, they're also comparing options with your competitors. you got to be the price leader as well as the quality leader and the niche leader. People who are searching are also researching all of those things, so until you become good at funnels and offers, you're likely going to be trying to beat your competitors by lowering your prices. Unfortunately, trying to be the cheapest product is never a good strategy. The pros and cons for interruption. As a marketer, you can target people who are interested in certain people, ideas, TV shows, or bands, and then you can interrupt them with your ads. You open a small window of time where you can grab their attention and show them the perceived value of what you're selling. You no longer have to wait around for someone to come looking for you. You can now create desire in your dream customers. The pros for social-based interruption traffic is you can target warm traffic based on people's interests. Therefore, you can sell based on the perceived value of your product or service. The con for social-based interruption traffic is that because the customer isn't actively looking for you, you have to become good at your hook, story, offer, where you can grab their attention, tell them a story, and then make them an offer. We'll be covering how to do this in more detail in secret number three. Now that you've identified who your dream customer avatar is, what their core desires are, and if they're moving away from pain or towards pleasure, the next question we ask is, where are they congregating? As you will learn in the next chapter, there are congregations where the scrollers are hanging out and congregations you can target for the searchers.